Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I say this every week. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. And people always talk about gifts and purpose. If you have a gift, lead with your gift. And don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews I have on Money Making Conversation are with celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and people I like to call uh, industry decision makers. My next guest is Tamika Foster-Raymond. She is most known for her extensive career as a trend-setting celebrity stylist, lending her creative talents to legendary soul singers like Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan, and Aretha Franklin, to chart toppers such as Jay-Z, Usher, Chris Brown, Mary J. Bly, Sierra, the Fugees, Nas, Dr. Dre, and more. Shopping or designing the next style craze was just one of the many responsibilities that Tamika Raymond juggled for over two decades. In her memoir, Tamika opens up about her childhood influences, coming of age in Oakland, and losing her first love without losing her decorum, dignity, or ability to dream. She shares details of her own brush with death, as well as the heartbreak she endured after losing her loving-year-old son, Kyle. Here I Stand is about growth, renewal, perseverance, and optimism, and ultimately about striving to remain in a presence of happiness. Here I Stand in a beautiful state. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Tamika Foster-Raymond. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Well, you know, uh, first of all, I enjoy reading the book. I, I'm a, you know, I read a lot of books, Tamika, and I love books that have pictures of it, especially memoirs, you know, because it, it allows me to see that that journey. And you have a lot of great photos. And but to get photos in there, you had to go through a lot and had to go call on friends and cousins, I'm sure, and relatives and things like that. Talk about putting the photos together in your book, because it was fun watching you grow up and watching you and your, you know, as your career was ascending and, and those moments. But talk about putting together the photos, the, the beautiful photos that are in this memoir. That is completely accurate. It was so hard gathering the pictures and, and more importantly, narrowing down which right. to use. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I have, I realized I have about, ooh, probably about 4,000 pictures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to do a picture book my next go around, <laughs> just all <laughs> photos. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I just had to find things that kind of stamp certain times in my life. Right. Um, and clients where there's pivotal moments that I work with. I work with so many people that I couldn't put everybody in, obviously, but I did some of my top clients. Well, some of your top clients are key because some of certain clients that allow you to go to the next level. I always think in my life personally, I always, every time I see Robert Towns, I would say, man, if it wasn't for you, giving me my next writing job, I would not be here today. And it's people uh, like that that step out, you know, because he gave me my second writing job after I, me and the boys with Steve Hart was abruptly canceled ABC. And he called me to write on his show on the WB on the Parenthood. And so, but uh, people like that came into your life. We talk about, you know, Lauren Hill. Talk about that. Yes. Um, yeah. Lauren Hill was definitely, I'd say, uh, kind of the pinnacle of my career, yes, mm-hmm. I think, because I had started styling for a few years before meeting her. And when I met her, you know, she took it to a whole other level um, because working with the food, I was working with the Fugees as a whole at first. Right. And then when Lauren did her independent project, Miseducation, I was, you know, in charge of that whole look. When you look at these, because you have to have an opinion. That's what I love about people like you. Because you're talking to celebrities, and you're talking to a lot of people who also have their opinions, have but not you. So you're kind of like fighting their opinions, but you have to stand strong. You didn't just fall into this skill set. 
but it started as early early on as a child. When you started getting confidence to be able to tell celebrities or tell what we would consider professionals in their craft, this is how they should look and trust me. Well, you know, a, a true stylist, it goes beyond just what they wear. You kind of go into what their demographic is and who they're trying to appeal to. So, you know, I listen to the music usually and I kind of analyze um, kind of what they're trying to say, what the messaging is, what they're trying to get come across as. And I don't know. I am very opinionated. Always have been. <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> I think I probably started with my first client giving my opinions too heavily. <laughs> well, the opinions matter. And so it if does. you don't have an opinion, it does. really, yeah. especially in your business, I know that when you're in a business like this, you know, there's very few people you can trust and confidence has to play a role. And when I started oh, reading yeah. your memoir, which is a wonderful written memoir, a very, uh, in some way, uh, emotionally charged. And sometimes I, I grew sad by some of the stories because tragedy and, and sadness has been a part of your life, but you've overcome that. How? Because a lot of people would like to know that, how they can personally, not just you, but how they can personally read your book and take that away and especially carry it into their own personal life. I think it's important to remain in a beautiful state. And I say that because you only have two states of being. You can either be in a suffering state or a beautiful state. And, you know, I go through many, many things, but I don't let them define me. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, I, I go through really sad times, but I try to see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I try to find the bright side in things. So I don't stay mad at things. I, mm-hmm. I get mad. Right, I'm like, still oh, human. Yeah, oh, yeah. You get mad now. Well, I got some chapters in there. You got mad now. You got mad. <laughs> I get mad mad, yeah. No, I get mad mad. It's in me. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I, I shake it off. I don't stay mad. I don't stay mad at people. I don't stay mm-hmm. mad at things. Mm-hmm. I just keep moving. Mm-hmm. And I think that positive outlook has helped me to maintain just remaining as a happy person and remaining, you know, successful. And it's, I've been continuing to flourish as a result. So I think my mindset is, is a lot about my mindset. And mindset is very key. I know Tamika, when I was reading the book, uh, you know, Oakland, I don't really have a, I've been to Oakland several times for concerts when I was with Steve Harvey. So I, I got that idea of what Oakland is. What is Oakland then? When you when you was growing up as a young lady at the age of fifteen, and now, is, is, is has Oakland changed, or there's still parts of Oakland that really really refreshes your memory and just makes you smile and laugh, or or make you sad? Ah, let's see. That's funny. I just left Oakland last night, mm-hmm. and I was just having this conversation. When I was fifteen, one thing that was going on in Oakland that. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to say it changed. It's definitely um, it was heavily uh, infested with drugs. Right, drugs were a problem in Oakland um, from on both sides of the table, from using and the dealing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I said in the book. I think at one point I said it was it was thriving and dying at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such you know geographically, it's such a beautiful plot of land. I I feel like. So much can be done. You know, it's very rich in location. Like we're right on the bay. We have the most beautiful trees and scenery. It just feels like they need to tear everything down and start over. 
Because you say right on the bay. And and I know that, but it almost feels like when you read about Oakland, you know, you know about the Oakland Raiders when they're there in Oakland. From a sports standpoint, you kind of aware of Oakland. But it feels like just when you reminded me, you said Rashawn's right there on the water. I kind of got the feeling, even though I've been there, I didn't really get that feeling. It feels like Oakland is away from the water. It feels like it's like a, it almost feels like a neighborhood. That's a that's in a bigger the neighborhood. Uh huh. It almost feels that way because I've been there, and then but the the imagery of it, you know, because you always talk sure. about San Francisco, you always talk about you know the different areas around it. But when you get to Oakland, it always feels like it's small. Am I am I saying am I incorrect in my statement about that? That Oakland is a big city, but it has a small culture. You know what I? Well, I'll tell you something really good about it though. Oakland is very. Proud, meaning we are black aware in Oakland. We are like, you know, we we would create a lot of movements, you know, the Black Panthers. Right. We had a lot of movements that started out of Oakland and a lot of great leaders from Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I say the core of the people there, they're some of the most real people you'll meet. You know, um, so I love the people. I say it all the time. I say, God, I love the people. I just wish we could just wash the whole town. <laughs> right, just right. Sweep all the streets clean and just kind of start over. Well, you know, the, uh, we we all say that. I know. I, I grew up in the neighborhood in the Fifth Ward in Houston, and I see the changes in it. But you know, when you're growing up in it, it it all feels good. You know, you you see the violence and you see the negativity, but it doesn't. You know, your, my family protected me as much as they could, so it really didn't impact me now right. your, your parents were doing the same thing for you and i, I love the they fact that, you know you know what you know it separated when, it, when you were 12 years old which made a difference in your life and your approach but i love the fact you said that your father your father had a role in the mac i said oh my goodness that's my man right there the mac the mac my, one of my all-time favorite pimp movies your dad was in the mac and then when i see oh. a picture of him he looked like he belonged in the mac too Light complexion, good hair. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He was something else, child. Listen, my daddy probably should have directed the back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he looks just like Max Julian. If you want to know, if you buy the book, I'm not saying he's a a clone of Max Julian, but he has the same structure, same style, same personality. Same energy. Same same energy. As as Max Julian, who was the star of the movie The Mac, the famed movie The Mac, which also starred Richard Pryor at the time. I I just smiled. And those moments like that in the book, that made me smile a lot in your book. What was the whole yeah. of just telling the story? Then you had these moments when you got hit by the car. You know, it's like, and 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 here's the. I won't say funny, Tamika. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny <laughs> because because I'm trying to figure out how did this guy get away, took you home, dropped you off, but nobody got his name, nobody got an insurance card from him, and he just left. <laughs> So here's the here's the oh, quick he, story. He off. Am, am I telling the truth? You were hit. You, you were what nine truth. years old? I was nine. I, I flew down. I, I said I made a quick stop and quick stop. I flew <laughs> down the street. It was all bad. You know, and so it's a, just a quick scenario to, uh, without telling too many details. She gets hit, and the person takes her home, and. That's it. You know, nobody took the time to say, what's your name, sir? And he was driving a nice car, too, by the way. Driving a nice That's car. A and, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 so, so, but that 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 kind of like led me to the whole story. Your life is gonna be filled with these moments. So these these moments of of of, of, of uncertainty and uh and, and and mystery. 
because that was a mystery to me. You got hit. You, fortunately for us all, you survived. And then it started putting in motion your life for the from moving forward from then on. Because at 12, that's when your parents finally separated. And that's when you started defining yourself as a, as a quote unquote an adult. Because you wanted to what do about, her- What about me burning the house down? Though? Well, I was, I can't update something to me. You got to watch it now. You can't tell all the good stories up there. Okay, that's the last one. That's <laughs> it. I that's see, I, I'm trying. I'm just, I, I, this is how I do books, Tamika. I know the books. See, I know I could tell everybody you up there messing with your dad's stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and got carried away. And then all of a sudden threw a little water, went downstairs, and didn't tell anybody until you were grown what really happened. See, see, don't worry. I, I read these books, and your book is you fantastic. Did read the book. You read it. <laughs> uh, this book is fantastic. But what I try to do when it is because it's a memoir, and a memoir is very uh, engaging from the standpoint. You, 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 you know, there are motivational quotes in here that she gives you as well, which I think I find very fascinating because when somebody is telling you their life but realize that their life is relatable to what you may be dealing with, it's fascinating that they've taken the time to share this moment because they are revealing a moment in their life that may not be very happy and may be very sad. But if you can take the time to understand that, that through that sadness is a blessing, and that's what I took away a lot of times in your book, is these moments that you were revealing to me, whether it was criticism when you were sitting down talking to Wendy Wendy Williams, the radio shock job, who's now on television, uh, the daytime talk show, uh, way back then, because I know Wendy way back in the day when she was on WBLS. That's when you ran into her. And 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 she caught you off guard because you had to learn. So that was your first time really learning how the power of you have to know who you're talking to and have to yes. deal with the consequences when you talk. Talk about that. You know, I had heard of, you know, this famed uh, reporter, Wendy Williams, but, you know, no different than Barbara Walters or anybody else. I didn't know the difference in their style of um, journalism. Right. If you know, if that's what we're going to call this. But so when I met her and they were like, oh, she's big time on the radio. She yep. can help you. You know, you can go in there and promote your, you know, promote your company swanky. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, I'll get a million clients in New York from this. <laughs> yes. I had no idea that she wanted the tea. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And when she didn't get it, see, the thing is, I'm from Oakland, and I'm, I'm savvy enough to tell when it's going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So I started re- redirecting her. She did not like it. She's like, wait a minute, this girl got a brain? Oh, hell no. We thought we were going to trap her. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah, no, she didn't like someone that was thinking about her questions and slow to answer and you know i was taking pregnancy pause and she would ask stuff and i was thinking like <laughs> no no you're gonna ruin me i'm not doing that absolutely so, well she yeah, tried to yeah, do yeah, anyway so, because she bad mouthed you and act for like you years. yeah bad mouth you is just why you you told her you're gonna say this and you came in the radio and you didn't say this and try to exercise you was intoxicated and all those oh, things Lord. and so, so <laughs> yes so that was your first foray into negative media did it prepare you for the future it did somewhat prepare me, but I'll tell you, it, it was a snowball from there mm-hmm. because they took that, you know, clip that, you know, that sound, those sound bites mm-hmm. and they were able to run with it and create a, a big old narrative, you know, and it, it right. just turned into a, a long, long, long journey. But you know what? I, I said, even then hurt people, hurt people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you are in a state of suffering mm-hmm. and which we have later found that she was, um, 
that you you hurt people. So that's mm-hmm. what you do for a living. That's your way of acting out. And, you know, she had a loud voice. So it was no way for me to win against her at the time. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm very familiar with uh, Wendy Williams. Stephen Harvey and I was on the radio or WBLS. We did the morning drive. She did the afternoon drive. And uh, and so I knew her what she did. Charlemagne was on the show at the time. That's where he mm-hmm. launched his career. And now he's a, a big-time star in the Breakfast Club and also has his uh, yeah. nighttime uh, show on the um, Comedy Channel. So yes, when, yes. When, when I look at fashion, see, I, I, I'm telling you something. To me, I think I can dress. You know what I'm saying? I think I got it going on. I'm not saying, you know, I'm in front of a I'm front of a, of an international stylist and everything. What do you look at, male, female, where they had in their career? How do you start applying their style or the sense of what they should look for that particular moment? Talk to them, because I remember we talked about you talked about when you first met 702 and did the video and and you went even extra and did their makeup because they came into your trailer crying. They said, my makeup's not right, my makeup's not right. You said, calm down. That even I'm getting this in this interview, you have a sense of calm that really shines through you, Tamika. Talk about that because that's a lot of stories that makes people calm. Because it means it's experiences, but talk about that. Because I realized that panicking just doesn't solve anything. <laughs> I, you know, I realized that a while. You know, this morning I was taking my sons to school and I was fussing at him because he forgot something or whatever. He, he even had to remind me. He's like, what does fussing get you? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he said, what do you get out of it? I mm-hmm. fell out laughing. I said, oh, Lord, he sounds like me. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Because he, he he's heard you. He's heard you now. You know those little ears hear up a lot of information, so know that come that came out your mouth, okay? Yeah, he's thirteen. He's smart. He was like, "What do you get from that? What do you gain? What do you gain?" I was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. God, you're yeah. turning into me already." Um, yeah, I do have a sense. I, you know, why I know when you stay when you remain calm, you can fig your brain starts to unravel whatever the problem is. You know, you start mm-hmm. to figure it out when you panic and you're in a suffering state and you're just acting a fool and being crazy, you can't figure nothing out. Right. The universe won't work in your favor. Everything just starts to go wrong. So I try to just, I don't know. I just, I try to really remain calm and, and think logically and just apply wisdom. I have a lot of experience. Even in the book, I, I realize people have been whizzing through my book. They've been reading it in two days, like not putting it down, which is a, good, a great sign. There's so much stuff that's not even in there yet. You know, there's just so much, so much stuff that's not in there. Well, I I know there is. Uh, first of all, there, there you you've lived several lives, and I say that in a complimentary manner. You know, your life your life as a youth could be an episode, of, could be a series, no different than uh, than uh, what Fifty Six is putting out on Stars. Okay, <laughs> that little run right yeah. there. Okay, and then when you made the the move to L.A., you know, with your son, and. Uh, and that whole run of of stepping out, it, would I would I because I would use the word stepping out on faith is when you move to from Oakland to Los Angeles. And if it was stepping out on faith, what allowed you to sustain any level of success? Because you got to have planning somewhere along the way. But you was riding there for about four or five years when you moved to LA on faith and just opportunity. Correct. Faith and dimples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I did. I knew that. Um, I knew that failure wasn't an option, mm-hmm. and failure to me would be 
well, I guess the worst, you know, I either becoming homeless or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, or going back to Oakland. And right. those weren't to me, that would have been failure in my mind mm-hmm. because this was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a clear cut plan. I'd be lying if I told you I did, but I knew that I, I wanted to get into this industry in some capacity. Um, when I first got here, you know, I thought I wanted to be behind this. I thought I wanted to be in front of the camera, I should right, say. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, like we all do, by the way, Tamika. I know when yeah, I went to L.A., I thought I was going to be a sitcom star. I'm going to get my own <laughs> sitcom. Too. I was a comedian. I thought I was going to be the next Eddie Murphy. But again, oh, what I what I like about that, to say that, to bring up my example, is so many, so many people, they stay in that lane and don't really adjust. And your book is about adjusting. And I think that when people read that, you know, you could read it for you might want to read this book for salacious uh, storylines. You may get that if I don't know. I, I, all I got out of this book was was a person sharing slices of their life because of the fact that, like I said, this book can be like four books. I'll be honest with you, because she's going through some chapters, and I'm going back. She she jumped from 2005, 2007. The previous chapter she was 2007, but she had to go back to 2004 to tell you that relationship from 2004 to 2006. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going like, okay. So, you know, that's why I got all these notes, Tamika. I had to, I had to like, Keep up with your book there. And I say in a good yeah. way because in order to tell the story, certain relationships overlap. And because certain relationships overlap, you oftentimes got caught in tabloids as saying, hey, aren't you still married? Hey, aren't you still dating this people? Hey, why are you doing this? Why are you here? So that, in a sense, was you becoming a, a popular figure in social media was not a benefit for you, correct? No. Mm-hmm. I, I would say it was not my finest moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my finest moment. But yeah, think, I mean, life was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was younger, so I didn't quite transition yes. from one relationship to the next mm-hmm. um, quite as well as I should have. Mm-hmm. My transitions were a little off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm telling you. That's why I had to write these dates down. I said, okay, 2007, she was here. You like, that don't add up. Hold on. She was going with him. Right, then right. She was with him. Right. Listen. I was cute. I was young. What you want me to do? Well, you well, were well, cute enough in 2007. Here I Stand album with uh, Robin Thicke. That oh. was Usher. And that is also the title of your book. And you said that book, a title basically is a double entendre. Because it's not only a love album that was written to you, for you or to you by Usher yes. Raymond, but it also is a testament to us being doing this interview right now. Here I Stand you know, in a beautiful state. Let's let's talk about that for a few minutes because I think it's important, the mindset. You know, we always talk about, you know, the mental concepts of where people are you know, are at these days. Here I stand in a beautiful state. Talk about that right quick for me, Tamika. So, yes, it does have a double entendre. So, you know, Here I Stand, obviously, is the, is the name of the album. It's the title cut. Here I Stand is the song. I danced to it at my wedding, all that good, mushy stuff. Um, it, the album was created during a time when I was going from dating to marriage mm-hmm. and, um, you know, conceiving my son, um, our oldest son together and all that. So that's what Here I Stand means. But then Here I Stand, meaning I've been through hell and high water. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, survived like some of the some losses that are so devastating that some people wouldn't be able to get up the next day um, over, you know, losing my mom, my son, my mm-hmm. grandmother, mm-hmm. my aunt, 
my sister, my mm-hmm. brother. I've lost a lot of family members. Mm-hmm. And so here I stand just is a really is a ode to resilience right. for me. Right. That's it means more of here I stand in terms of resilience than it does the album, believe it or not. Cool. Well, I'm just speaking to it, uh, Tamika. Foster Raymond, uh, her book, Here I Stand, is about growth, renewal, perseverance, and optimism. And it's ultimately about striving to remain positive. You are a positive person. And so many people have slung mud, have slung sticks, have slung arrows in your direction. How do you maintain that positivity, Tamika? Like I said, I just, I think my perspective is just, um, I kind of, I see the glass as half full. Right. Mm-hmm. And not empty. And I, I look at the bright side. And if you say humor has been, it's funny you spoke about being a comedian. Um, mm. My father is one of the funniest. <laughs> right, right. My Talk about that in the book. One of the funniest men you will <laughs> ever speak to or be around. He is hilarious. And his mind is so sharp and he's so quick, his timing. Mm-hmm. And it really has helped me because I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched my father, he lost his mother and sister. They, they died in a house fire. My granny Lou, I talk about her in the book. She died in a fire. Um, and and my father's, um, I guess, ability to just remain just, I don't know, lighthearted. I don't right. know, his spirit is just light. He's right. not a heavy or mad guy. He's, I've never seen my dad mad at anyone, except for the guy that hit me with the car. Right. <laughs> yes. But my father just doesn't hold on to anger. He doesn't hold grudges. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same exact way. I can't even, usually I can't even remember why I was mad at people. After a couple of weeks, I'm like, I don't know why we fell out. <laughs> right, <laughs> I don't right, even remember. Because right. I'm so busy living my life. Well, you're living a great life. And it's, before I wrap, I want to talk about a couple of things that you've dedicated to your son, Kyle, who passed away in 2012. The Kyle's World Foundation in 2013. And also this 3D animated series. Talk about the Kyle's World, Kyle's World Foundation. Yes. That is like one of my joys. Kyle's World Foundation is a 501c3. Our focus, um, the initial focus of of Kyle's World was performing arts because Kyle was big on, he sang, he danced, and he loved theater. And he was also an artist. He painted. I have all of his artwork. Mm -hmm. But as time went on, I noticed there were so many other performing arts efforts. I switched it. I wanted to do... um, I want to reward kids that did things, random acts of kindness, like Great. kids who do things like you'll read stories where they, you know, they cut all their neighbor's lawn to help mm-hmm. their mother pay her rent, yes. you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Kids that do really nice gestures. I want to reward them. Awesome. So now it's about rewarding kids that are doing the right thing. I'm just want to encourage them to do it. Now you have this 3D animated series. It's just kind of like been in work since 2013. Talk about it. Will it become a reality? Come on now. Oh Got me God. excited speaking here, Tamika. Speaking into existence. Let's go. Uh, I speak it. You're talking to the guy. <laughs> I, I speak it. It will make it happen. Talk to me about it. Make it happen. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Listen, the odd life of Kyle Lyles. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. This is black animation. This is something that we just need. Three. Yes. We need the we need a black version of the Incredibles. Yes. Oh. We need. Yes, we need our kids to, and and the show is pop culture heavy. We're talking mm-hmm. fashion. Mm-hmm. So the mom comes in with her little funny attitude, and she's <laughs> fashionable. We got the kids and the newest Jordan One. Right. I mean, it's and Kyle was Kyle was actually into technology. He loved all things Apple. 
Mm-hmm. He had the iPhone, the iPad, the laptop, everything. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be like all advanced technology, like his selfie stick to be some state-of-the-art thing. But he's a middle child, and he goes through the big big brother bully, which was true, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the little siblings that got on his nerves. And it's funny because he ends up getting superpowers. Right. Oh, and wow. His, and his family doesn't know that he has them. So it's an amazing story. I love it. Uh, so, I, you know, side note, you know, I'd love to uh, read it and see where you're at with this when we in this interview. But again, Tamika, I want to thank you for coming on my show and allowing me to read your book and allow me to see the motivation. And you're charming. You're, you're definitely a person I want to keep on my uh, phone list. I mean, bring back on the show if you have any other projects that you want to pitch. For but sure. You are, you're awesome. And uh, Again, her name is Tamika Foster Raymond. Her book is incredible. Thank you. Here I stand. She stand. She she stood there. She stand there. She gonna stand in the future, y'all, because she's in a beautiful state. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Okay, Thank Tamika. You. <laughs> if you want to hear, Thank or you see, for having me. Oh, you're beautiful. If you want to see or hear any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.